racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hello everyone, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We are powered by Race Fuels. My name's Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Dalberto. There's lots to talk about with Sydney over. We're getting revved up for Bathurst. Tony, you've just done some racing. We've got some really special guests coming up, but you know what I'm about to say. It's something that really pisses me off. Really oh God, gets happened? me upset. What's happened? You brought all your microphone gear to do our podcast and you're not using it. <laughs> Sorry about that. I you just do it to bothered. you just do it to like get grab my gut, upset. don't you? I knew you'd be upset, but mate, we've done plenty of these podcasts with me in in my car driving and it works out half all right. So it's fine. No dramas, mate. All good. No one cares about the audio quality. They just care about what we're going to say. Right. Anyway, okay. how are you? Uh, good. Very good. No you, problem. You weren't at Sydney Motorsport Park on the weekend, or you, or did you just not come and see me? <laughs> no, I uh, I did a mad dash back to uh, Melbourne. I got a bit of uh, SMSP fatigue. I think after doing three <laughs> in, three in a row, I just had to give myself a uh, a little bit of a break. Now ducked home for uh, for some family matters, which uh, is worked out perfectly fine and everyone is amazing so um, got some uh, got some time to spend uh, with my uh, little girls and we watched some race cars on the uh, over the weekend which was which was awesome but I guess the uh, frustration was we didn't get to go racing uh, particularly in that last race we've seen Shane van Gisbergen wrap up the title I guess it was a bit of a shame we didn't get to actually go racing let's not talk about that too much right now because we've got two of the absolute finest for our new section coming up in Richard Crail and Matt Nolte. You would have heard their voices over the race weekend calling some of the supports actions. You're going to hear lots of them over the Bathurst 1000 weekend. So we'll get their thoughts on SVG, on wet races and uh, and all of those things. But uh, yeah, just quickly from yourself, a little bit of a shame that they couldn't have got that race going. It was a shame, especially for the fans that were there. And I was there over the weekend and I was there when the race got cancelled and there were fans still on the side of the hill or even underneath the grandstand waiting for the race to kick off. So um, we have some very dedicated fans, some passionate fans. And, you know, from that point of view, it's, it's a shame we couldn't put on a spectacle. Now, the decision was made and there's probably various reasons why it was made. Um and like being there, being in pit lane at the track, there was the definitely the wettest part of the day. There was more rain coming down. The track was at its worst condition. So even though other categories did race um, earlier in the day, um, they didn't see conditions like they did in supercars. So um, look, we would have loved to have seen them get out there, but unfortunately this time they called it and uh, we've probably got to respect their decision, you know, even whether you agree with it or not. Yeah. 
Yep. Okay. Well, again, we'll talk about it more in news with Richard and Matt. You got to do some racing as well. Of course, last time we spoke on the pod, you had done uh, some testing and you were had confirmed that you were going to do some Super 2 action. You return to the Super 2 category uh, 14 mm. years after you had won the class back in 2007. Uh, you got a couple of uh, reasonable results there. Fourth, again, in that uh, non non-race because of um red flags and incidents luckily it wasn't mm. your car that was uh affected but did you get all of the things that you needed to get out of that race weekend well i went into the weekend with um, basically zero expectation um and that quickly evaporated very quickly when you know suddenly you're not as quick as what you'd like to be so <laughs> we worked pretty hard to try and improve the car and it was nice to get some solid race results you know we didn't qualify well on Saturday, qualified back in 12th, um, which is no good. I think there's only 15 Super 2 cars or something. So pretty disappointing. But to then get up into seventh in race one, and then when it rained on Sunday, it was actually a good opportunity for us because it does take out some of the equipment advantage some of these other teams would have with new newer cars uh, and to qualify fifth and, and run fourth there until they, um, you know, they shut the event down. Well, you know, I was pretty happy with that. So... Um, considering all those factors and jumping in the last minute to sort of mix it near the front, um, I think has ticked all the boxes that I needed to. And uh, now we go into the Bathurst 1000 with plenty of mileage. Um, I've done a couple of starts, you know, all those sort of things that you don't do sitting on the couch back in Melbourne. Mm, exciting. Bathurst. It's very, very, very close. Speaking of Bathurst, I'm actually here. I'm here at the famous town, uh, not very far from Mount Panorama. Getting ready. I'm an absolute super race fan this week, coming uh, like 12 days before the race actually yeah, very starts. Early. Oh, what Lord. the hell are you doing there? Uh, it's all right. Well, I've got lots of work. Lots of there? work to do. I'm uh, I'm based. I'm I'm set. I'm ready. Of course, the race is uh, go the race weekend. It's not a weekend. Six days. So um, yeah, we've got uh, events happening on Friday, Sunday, Monday, and then uh, then we get into the uh the track stuff from tuesday so uh yeah there's uh there's a lot going on but look there's uh an exciting uh exciting bits to have happened in sydney which uh which will get richard and matt on the phone right now we've got a new supercars champion we've got frustration with no racing he's the support categories to to discuss let's bowl into the news All right, this is the news. The news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au and we've brought in two aces from faraway places, Richard Crail and Matt Nolte, commentary superstars. We heard them all weekend commentating on actual motor races. There was uh, there was cars going around the track when you boys were behind the microphone. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having us. Nice to be here. It was nice to be back commentating. It's a privilege to be here. I never thought I'd get the opportunity to work with you guys. Ah, yes. This, this is your Matt- first time. First, first time, yeah. yeah. Matt Nolte's big parked up debut. Welcome yeah. to... Long time a- listener. What have been doing, Grant? Oh, well, like we needed to save it for something special. And it is really special at the moment because we have just arrived in Mount Panorama. We are right in the heart of uh, the great town of Bathurst. We've all gone for a little bit of a lap uh, of the circuit. So we're right in the mood uh, now, less than two weeks away from the great race. So um, while we've got the great race to look forward to, we don't need to worry about who's going to win the championship. 
Um, Tony D, let me just start very quickly with yourself. Uh, Van Geer's wrapped up the title in the non-race uh, due to the weather effect, uh, the weather affected things. So, um, yeah, a, a little bit of a shame that he didn't get to, I guess, kind of win it fair and square. Um, yeah, it was, I suppose, a bit of an anti-climax. But, you know, from his point of view, if we just talk about the championship and going into Bathurst with enough points now not to be beaten in the championship, um, it does take a lot of pressure off their shoulders. They can just go full attack mode into the 1,000. We saw a very similar story last year with uh, Scott McLaughlin wrapping up the title um, and being able to just go to the Bathurst 1000 without that pressure um, or that cloud over their head um, having to consider that. So, yeah, very, very good. I mean, he has been the dominant driver, um, especially in the early part of the year. We saw him win however many races uh, you know, in a row. Um, in the back half of the year, though, I think, you know, there's been a lot of drivers that have sort of got their act together and Anton being one of them winning 50% of the races at Sydney Motorsport Park um, proves that. Um, so, you know, going into next year, will he be a force in the championship and, and probably take it up to Shane? I, I would hope so. Um, and, you know, who else do we think, boys, that can probably do that next year? I mean, this championship's done and dusted, but Tony, uh, going into 2022. Tony, does it... So Shane was probably going to win the championship anyway, right? It, whether the race happened or not, it was extremely unlikely he would be under pressure. But let's pretend for a moment that the world exploded and Shane's wheels fell off or he got fenced by a wing cup finally or something like that. And he went to Bathurst 270 points in front and all of a sudden had to finish the Bathurst 1000. So all of a sudden that's in their mind. Now you're in a car that is clearly fast enough to win Bathurst. Does it make your job harder now that the 97 will be unleashed and Shane and Garth can drive as hard as they possibly can, only needing to worry about Bathurst? Does it make your job even harder than it already is to try and beat them? Uh, probably, probably because <laughs> they're, you know, there's, they're not holding back at all. They don't have that in their back of their mind. They have to really protect the championship. Um, but those guys are going to be hard to beat regardless, you know, and we know how, how they attack. We've, we've seen how Shane drives, even in the Saturday race uh, at Sydney Motorsport Park over the weekend, you know, not that the championship was on the line, but he certainly didn't drive with a championship in mind. You know, he, he just went for it. He went for the race win. And, and that's why I, I suppose he's won so many races this year. And that's why he is the series champion again, um, because he, he just, he drives on instinct more than anything. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I think if he went into the Bathurst 1000 with the championship still not quite sealed up, you know, he's trying to beat his teammates. So as a team, you would think that they would play uh, nicely together. But, you know, we have seen them play pretty rough in recent Sydney mm -hmm. Motorbook Park events. So who knows? But um, awesome. it would have been nice to go to, to Bathurst you know, with Jamie still having a chance at winning a championship because you can never discount the guy. Honestly, the, he's an absolute weapon. I, I can't believe he's actually retiring. Like mm. nothing against Brock Feeney and Brock will learn and he will rise to the occasion. But Jamie hasn't dropped off yet. You know, it, it just feels like he's got a few more years left in him. Usually you see guys deteriorate from their career. Like you saw Scaife towards the end of his career go, I've won Bathurst, I've won the championships. And all of a sudden he was going from being in the top five to inside the top 10, his motivation drops. You see none of that from Wincup. And I don't know whether this is the right move for him right now, because I think he's just hitting that sweet spot again. 
Well, he's still hungry for it, isn't he? You yeah. can see that. You can see that how how he drives. That he's still hungry to win. He still wants to. He took you know, pole positions. He won races. He you know, took it to to Shane every time that he could. So he still had that championship in mind. Um, maybe it's a little bit early that he's called it. Mm. You know, we we do see a lot of these drivers, like a or even a rider. You know, Valentino Rossi. Yep. They drop off for quite a few years. It's like, okay, mate, it's, it's probably time for it. But we haven't seen that in Jamie at all. So, Yeah, and uh, maybe a little bit of a debate of do you keep going and just be a uh, effectively an also-ran or do you go out right at the right at the very top of your game? Um, okay, hey, I, I want to talk about the wet race, the non-race. Now, Richard and Matt, you guys spent a lot of Sunday not getting wet sitting inside a commentary box um, calling uh, S5000s and uh, and Trans Ams for yourself, Matt. Uh, Tony, you raced in the Super 2 race. How much, what was the difference in weather conditions between those races, which seemed to be pretty wet, which went ahead, uh, compared to the Supercars race? Was was it more, was it justified that they couldn't go racing? I tell like I, I actually, uh, I had to nip back to Melbourne and had the fortune of watching it on uh, on a um, on Fox on Fox Sports, and it was brilliant, except for the fact that they didn't go racing, and it was very very frustrating. And it didn't look like it was any different in in terms of that weather. These guys are meant to be the best in the world, the best best is certainly the best in Australia, and we didn't get to see them race. Safety is paramount. Completely understand. It's uh, uh, yeah. What what was the, now, what was boys, the vibe? boys? This this is Grant all over. He's not actually he's not actually giving an opinion here. All he's doing <laughs> is right. stating what happened. I just sit on the fence. Uh, but it does sound it does sound like he thinks we should have gone racing. Um, and and you wouldn't be alone there, Grant. I think a lot I'm of people asking the ex- that, experts. Well, yeah. Go I'm for it, boys. What the, what what should have happened? The room. What what should should have what happened happened? I'm like you, prone to sitting on the fence in these things. And <laughs> and I, I said yesterday that if I was sitting at home on my couch, I would have been screaming at the telly going, let them race. But I'd spent all day at the racetrack and it was raining before I got there and it was raining all morning and it still rained all day. And my feet were still wet at the time it started from the skid pan being flooded. Like the S5000 pits on the skid pan were under two inches of water. Mm. So there was so much so much standing water around. So I completely get it. Um, and the rivers were pretty serious. Look, do you know, I reckon the, I reckon the Dunlop race scared them a little bit just with what happened down there at turn one and the barrier repair as well. Had that super two and three race been successful in whether they completed the full distance or whether they had just got some racing in and a couple of safety cars, but actually got the window done. I got a feeling they may have run it, but because that race was so, so much went wrong. Like they try, I mean, they tried to go three wide at turn one and that doesn't work in the dry most of the time, let alone in pouring rain. Yeah. I, I got a feeling they got a little bit shy with that going, geez, if this happens again in the supercar race, we're in strife. And my other question is how much of the fact that we're two weeks out of Bathurst. No, we're not. We're a week out of Bathurst yeah. really. And half the teams can't go home to fix cars if they get watered up in an I, enormous 
enormous turn one shunt that could have been avoided. Yeah. Not, look, I, I, I mean, I, I think heard, they, we heard uh, Neil and Mark on the commentary talk a lot about that, um, you know, saying that the team owners don't want to see their cars torn up. Now, I don't know if I can buy that because if I was a punter who'd paid for my ticket on the sideline, I don't care what they're doing in two weeks' time. I want to see them race. I completely get it. Like, you know, you don't want to see torn up cars mm. and you certainly don't sure. want to see but, anyone but if you're risk a team that- injury. The, I, my, I suppose the point is that in a normal year, so let's say, heaven forbid, Anton has an enormous shunt and destroys car 11, but in the rain, a couple of other cars are involved. In a normal year, DJR roll back up to Stapleton, put a new shell together. They're back at Bathurst in a week. Away they go, no problems, but they can't get back. So they've got limited staff back at the workshop. Could they probably get it done? A team with DJR's resources, yes. I, I buy the Bathurst argument. I really do. And Bathurst is more important than almost all of the other races in the championship, especially this year when they've got to deliver such a cool product in a week's time because there's so much riding on this being a success to end a rubbish year. So I, I do buy that argument. But like my personal opinion, I don't know what you think, my opinion is that they probably should have started it and maybe run it single file start under safety car, just get them circulating. And look, if after five laps, every driver was on the radio going, nah, this is too shocking, then sure, call it, but at least make the attempt. Right, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, the other week we ran under lights mm-hmm. and if Jay Kostecki didn't go off the track, that race would have gone all the way through to the end. And that rain was quite heavier than what we had yesterday. I think from my point of view, watching what went on after the Dunlop race, there was 25 or 30 minutes of nothing. And I said, why aren't we sending out the access vehicles, something with bigger tires, like the, the tilt trays, or anything that just drive around and continue to move that water off the track. In the end, we lost an hour before we got the cars out on the circuit. It's just not a good look. When everybody else has gone out there all morning, we had Toyota 86 go out, Trans Ams, which have got no aero whatsoever, S5000s go out, then they sent... It felt like to me, and this is with a race fan hat on, that Super 2 was used as the test mule. But the rain was substantially heavier between those two races. I think from the driver's point of view, um, the, the weather did get worse uh, yeah. before the supercar race. And I think you're right, uh, Richard. The uh, Super 2 race probably spooked them a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, we obviously saw Matt Payne go off and Missouri as well. Now, Blanchard, Timmy Blanchard was sitting behind those guys going into turn one. Timmy started braking and he saw no brake lights from the other boys. And he yeah. thought, shit, I've really, I've really braked early for turn one. And then the next minute they were off the track, you know, and, mm. and, and we saw what happened to their cars. Um, and from my point of view, driving along, I, I was braking when I could just see the um, board coming past the car. I could not see a thing in front of me. Yeah. So you just... You pinned all the way down the straight. You couldn't see the car in front brake lights. And I'd get to like the 200 board and just, you know, count a couple of seconds and then start braking. And then just hopefully turn in at the right time. Like the visibility was very poor. And that was, you know, we were sitting, you know, fourth at the time. So there was only a couple of cars in front of me. If you're sitting 20th, yeah, like it would have been pretty terrible. And with the, you know, more weather that came in and no cars on track. Um, I think it was probably at the end of the day, probably the right call. But the only thing that I've got against it is they didn't actually, from my knowledge, they didn't actually ask any drivers. What do you think? Mm. They sort of made a decision 
just based off their own personal opinion. Like Nick Perkett sitting in the car, he never got asked once what he thought of the conditions. Yeah. 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 And from a driver's point of view, like I know Anton and Will, they were ready to race. They were ready to go. No dramas. They were happy to. And even from the team's point of view, they they never said, oh, we don't want to run because of damage. They never made that clear, open to me, at least. Um, everyone was prepared to go racing if the green light went. But but in that in that instance, TD, like there there were half a dozen drivers in that Super Two race with main game relevant experience that are going to do Bathurst in a couple of weeks. Surely ATB or Beto would come and put his arm around you and go, "What are you? What's your honest opinion?" But like yeah, that would be the best guide out of it all, surely. Yeah, I mean, we've just been on track. We've just experienced it. Um, we could give feedback, at, at, you know, at speed at least because the other guys, I suppose, were only going around um, behind the safety car. The, the other thing for mine that I think is worth mentioning, and, and I've only been, I only went to the last Sydney event. I watched the others on TV. What What's really interesting is that I don't think the TV does a solid job of explaining how poor the visibility is, but yeah. it doesn't give you the full picture at all and it was really interesting sitting in the media center above the pit lane garages you cannot see the race cars but you can see the spray and Mm. as a field as the super two field went by the leader would go by in their spray and then a pack of six cars would go by and you could not see the grandstand Mm. out of the window opposite the media center for the spray hanging in the air and i don't think you pick that up in tv and I don't think you pick that up sort of sitting opposite and above it in the grandstand if you're a punter who's bought some tickets. So yeah. I, I can understand the fans being a bit upset with that decision completely. And the other thing I think is that there wasn't enough done to put give the fans and the punters let not so much watching on telly, but those at the track giving them a pat on the back, going, hey, we're really sorry, guys. Like, but this is this is why. And in that it, instance, they should have grabbed you or somebody else and go on, Hey, Tony, for the punters in the fans watching on telly, can you tell us why? Like, and you could mm. go, man, we're breaking it 200 meters. Can't see a thing. And yeah. that, I think it's as much an education thing as it is just boning the race. I think it needs, you need to go, this is why we're doing it and get you there with your eyes going, mate, I could not see brake lights 200 yeah. meters out from turn one. And, and yeah. people will then, they won't like the decision to call the race, but at least they'll go, well, Clearly, it's pretty perilous. So, yeah. I don't know. But boys, boys, do you think, like, I'll open this up to Grant, do you think as a category and as a sport, we're just getting a little bit soft? Seriously. Oh, possibly. And look, and I tell you, Formula One is also setting a uh, similar mm. precedent with the, with the race at Spa, which, what was that, two laps behind a safety car? And yeah. they actually even handed out some half points for that thing. So, yeah, look, the Formula One supercars—they're meant to be the best in the best in their fields, you know, internationally or domestically or whatever the case. Of course, we want to see them race. You know, we all work in the game, Tony. You race in it, but but we're also you know fans as well, and we want to see race cars go around. We want to see race car drivers do, you know, some pretty daring stuff. They, you know, they do daring stuff pretty regularly anyway, rain, hail or shine. So, uh, yeah, look, you know, the argument is um, horrifically different. You know, if they do put the uh, wave, the green flags and, and, you know, someone gets injured or, or we end up with um, mm. 15 that's bent the big cars. Call. That's, that's the right. Call. That's right. Someone but, makes a decision and then someone gets hurt and it's like, why did yeah. you do that? Yes, of course. You know? so, so you're so right. Everyone goes, you know, 
on the side of caution now because they don't want to get criticized for making a, a decision. But then when they make a decision, they get shit canned as well. Like <laughs> you just cannot win. You're never win. No. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Right. Uh, let's, uh, let's boys, uh, as we had discussed, uh, Richard and Matt, you had uh, talked a lot about uh, the other racing that was going on, Trans Am and S5000. They, they actually did get to race. It did look like the conditions were pretty bad, but both those classes were, they were awesome. They, the racing was really good. S5000's race, the, the weather was diabolical. And they actually did, they did a great job on Sunday to keep them on the island and some of the racing was really good. Yeah, I think it was awesome. Like, talk about the spray hanging from the air from our commentary box position. Once you had four or five go past, we couldn't see across the other side of the track. And it was evident from the in-car cameras that you know these guys don't even have a windscreen to work with. They drove bloody well, I thought, all day long. The Trans Am guys running around on a bag tyre, you know, with all that horsepower. I mean, it was just... It was just so cool to see those categories have a chance to go out there. I mean, they could very well have easily have gone, hey, we know we've got 50 to 100 millimetres of rain, 100 millimetres of rain coming over the next 24 to 48 hours to say, we're going to abandon this. But there's so much that goes with this now, isn't there? Yeah, the, the S5000 was, I'm bloody proud of that category, actually, and the drivers in it for putting that race on because those things are weapons to drive in the dry. Like Nick Perkett drove on Thursday night in, in a test for Valenti Rosso and said, it's been a long time since he's driven a car where when you go full throttle, you get pushed back in the seat and you go, wow. And he did. And he drives a supercar for a living. So they're, they're violent racing cars, but the wet, the Hoosier wet they run is an unbelievably soft, wet tire. And, and they've got heaps of grip in the rain. So it's actually not a bad wet weather product. And they survived some spins that like that field's, um, my concern going into it was that it was such a broad mix of talent that you had these guys with lots of open wheel experience, but then you had guys like Aaron Cameron coming in with relevant touring car experience, but maybe it actually helped them in, in their driving style. I, I don't know, but I thought Aaron especially was incredible, yeah. but yeah. Roberto Mary was fantastic. Um, Jordan, Boyce. Jordan Boyce was fantastic. Timmy Macro, of course, was great. The way they drove those cars, yes, they had some spins, some offs, but they got in, there was no safety car and it was a bloody good show. I, I was just really impressed with the level of ability, Tony, that that those guys produced. And and I think a bit, there's a bit of con, like control, not necessarily car control, but the mental control just to peg it back a little bit, knowing you needed to get that race in. Hang on, before Tony D oh, jumps in here, um, we, we've seen Aaron Cameron jump straight out of a TCR car into S5000 and just dominate. Yeah. Is it your turn, Tony D? S5000. Is it, <laughs> yes. Are you Make ready for happen. this? Do it, do it, do it. Well, it's given me a bit of hope. Um, I was going <laughs> to say, um, you know, Aaron did a stunning job. You know, he was competitive straight out of the box, which I, you know, not that I didn't expect it, but, you know, he's up against guys that uh, have been driving these cars for quite a while. You know, James Golding, Tim Macro. Um, Lewis Leeds, some really Joe Mawson, you know, top drivers that have got experience, but he matched them, you know, straight away almost. So I thought that was very, very impressive. But one thing I do want to talk about is, is this sort of a bit of a preview to next year's supercar championship and support cards? Because you had, you know, three or four other categories that were really interesting to watch. Um, you know, even in Trans Am, we're obviously a good friend of mine, Tim Brooke, um, got pole and took a win, but then you had Moff, Baguana, Bryce, yeah. you know, like it was actually really good racing to watch. Yeah, 20 good cars. Yeah, we probably would have had 30 if the border issue wasn't going with Queensland. I and mean, that's a category on the rise. 
you can't stop it now. There's cars popping up everywhere. And we saw that from the very first round at Tasmania. We had, what, 19 or 20 roll up to an island race. And we got back to the mainland. We had 28 there for the Sydney round earlier. So that's a category absolutely on the rise. And I know where you're going with this one for next year. I, I think it's fair to say you'll see a lot more quality support categories across both. And I think that's really exciting. And next week is really going to be, I think, that form guide for next year. It's, it's going to be insane. We probably won't see this level of Bathurst ever again in our lifetime with this many quality categories, I think. But what, it, what I think, Tony, to your point for next year, rather than seeing some events where you go, gee, the program's a bit rubbish, I don't think you get that next year. Uh, There'll be 12 or 13 really good supercar rounds, which on, for the most part, should all have really good support programs. And you'll have five to seven good tier two Shannons, whatever you want to call it, rounds, which will have a TCR, a Trans Am, whatever it might be, a TCM. Uh, I I think now that everything is all but essentially under the same banner, there's no excuse now to rock up at a race meeting, especially a supercar round. And they've been guilty of this with some of their programs they put on have been pretty average. That for the punter, when the proof was in the pudding, the crowd on Saturday was enormous. Yeah. Now, was, was that due to the fact there was a 250K race on the lights? Reckon it probably helped. But you had four really decent support categories. Yeah. It was comfortably the best yeah. support program of the weekend. And if I was fucking up with my hard-earned with four race meetings in a row in my backyard coming up, oh, you'd spend your money on that one mm, because of the, sure. it's a full day of entertainment. So, yeah, but I think you'll see more of it for sure. I had several friends talk to me during the couple of weeks leading up to it. They were going to go to the third weekend, which I think was the family round weekend. And I said, look, save it and come for the Saturday of the final weekend because it was no disrespect to the other categories. You were getting more bang for your buck on Saturday with S5000 Trans Ams, T86 and Super 2 before we even got to the 250k race. I mean, that's pretty hard to find these days. The dream for mine is that we get to a point where at the big events, you have a 30 or 40 minute S5000 race as the warm up before the final supercar race in the program, whether it's a 250k mini enduro, whether it's a sprint race, whatever it might be, with Bathurst 1000. Um, and like you should have your premier open wheel category, gold star, your premier touring car category, at the big events, they're the big drivers. Maybe even get some crossover. Yeah. Like that, that, that's awesome. And that that sells tickets. I'm sure it sells tickets. Sure, surely that's on the cards, Grant. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, mm. maybe, maybe for sure. Uh, I think just having a look at uh, again. I wasn't there for the weekend, but I saw heaps of photos of the start of the S5000s that our great man uh, Daniel Kaliz took and everyone is out with their phones capturing yeah. the start and you kind of only see that in in supercars races so um, when, when you, the cars come in into pit lane and they're stopped at the end of pit lane waiting for the session supercar teams roll out every mm-hmm. time to have a look every time because they sound good they're big they're a bit brutal looking you know like um you know they're impressive cars they're they're um, they sound good that, you know, what people really want to hear. Um, Sign him so up, Richard. Sign a, him up. They've got a lot of, yeah. you know, following already. We had to crank – our commentary box on the weekend um, was in the grandstand, up in the, the top corner of the grandstand. Uh, we had to crank each other up in our ears so we could hear what we were saying on air because it was so loud yeah. up there. And that's with 12 cars. So imagine 16 of them. But um, they're, they're, they're a visceral – thing 
Like, and yeah. I think yeah. punters love that, even if they're not interested in who's driving or whatever. But it's a, I mean, it was a bloody talented field. They just, they, they are a category that brings people to the fence, and the sport needs more of that because yeah. the way the sport's going with electrification and hybrids and all that, we're losing it. But like Formula One cars nowadays, like an S5000 is a more brutal thing to watch than a Formula One car live. And that's saying something. So no, I think that it's magic. I mean, I'm completely and utterly biased and sold on them already, but yep. it, it was, it was a bloody good show. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very good and looked great on TV and so good that they got to uh, c- complete the distance for all of yeah. their races. I think maybe, is that right, Richard? Or uh, did the, they... the, the first one was a bit of a, uh, the non-event. That's right. A couple of safety cars now. Go very well, but we won't talk about that. There we go. But still entertaining. At least they've got some highlights. Yeah. I tell you, with cars yeah, oh, skidding yeah, off the yeah. track, smashing into walls, and all sorts of things. Nathan Hearn firing off the road at 270 k's an hour made the news. So that's yeah, yep. He, there he we didn't go. have much fun that boy over the weekend. No. Oh, didn't have a shocker. Yeah. And you and I, we've called like you've called Trans Am and S5000. His ability to jump between yeah. cars that's extraordinary yeah. i barely jumped between categories yeah, he was phenomenal to watch it's just one of those weekends that he just couldn't stitch together i mean admittedly two of the incidents weren't his fault to start with but i don't know how you change your application i've never raced a car in my life happy to put my hand up but to jump from something like a trans am car into something that's got so much grip <laughs> so much downforce and do it instantly he had no time virtually down one car into the other how do you get your headspace around that Let's ask someone who knows. It's impressive. It's <laughs> impressive. It, and it's definitely a skill because there couldn't be any different, those like, more different, those cars. You know, it's not like he's driving a Super 2 car and a, and a supercar that might just, you know, be a generation better. It's polar opposite. So, yeah, very impressive. But he just, uh, yeah, it was every time I looked at the screen, he was spinning or getting hit or something <laughs> yeah. going on, unfortunately. <laughs> I tell you, I struggled uh, switching between a shopping trolley and pushing my daughter's pram. Like those things are (laughs) wildly different beasts. All right. Um, We, uh, lads, we are in Bathurst at the moment. Tony, you are not in Bathurst, but you'll be here very soon. You'll be here very soon. Uh, We get to see all of these categories, like basically every single amazing category uh, compete at this year's Repco Bathurst 1000. It's going to be an absolute treat. Over six days, we're all here for... The great race, but what's the one category that you're you're looking at to um, to uh, yeah just bring bring in the Bathurst if uh, if I'm to use Repco's uh, little slogan for this year? Uh, S five thousand by mile because we haven't actually seen what they're going to be like around there apart from Braden Wilmington's handful of laps back in April. We haven't seen them in full flight, so I think that's going to be the the pick for a lot of people out there because we've, we've seen Formula 3, but that was years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and F3 cars are a completely different philosophy yeah. of getting speed around there as well. Just crank, crank them as much wing as you can on to go fast across the top and then worry about Conrad straight where you're going to get slipstreamed anyway. Wasn't an um, F3 car flat from the cutting all the way across to Scotland? Correct. correct. Yeah. Unbelievable. And they were flat for the initial turn in off Skyline as well on the arrow and then would break as the car can was, we, t- they, they were unbelievable. Can we just quickly, quickly talk about the arrow on the S5000 because it is a Formula 3 front wing um, and yeah. some tyres that probably, I don't know. Hard. But for me, for me, they need to, you know, put a bigger front wing on it and some stickier tyres. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the, there's a new front tyre coming next year um, from Hoosier. So they've been working that and there's been some testing done. Um, I, no, I don't think they need to because 
you risk so much falling into the trap of having just another wings and six category with lots of downforce. They, yeah. they do need some more front end, I think, but the category knows that I, I reckon they can fix it with mechanical grip more than aero. Um, but so aero, so turn one at Sydney motorsport park, as you know, is a phenomenally quick corner in anything, but in an S 5,000, it's, 275 at your turning point. And I'd look, I went and snuck into Tim Macro's truck and logged into his laptop and found his data. It's 275. They, they never get lower than 35% throttle through turn one. And they get the mid corners. 238 was the slowest I saw at the apex and then hard on it. And it's back up to 260 by the braking zone for turn two. So I would rather that than that corner being easy flat because that yeah. that makes it a proper ballsy driver's corner where the real gun drivers and the teams that have done their job getting the car right make it work and and we 100% saw that on the weekend and like we were there Thursday night they ran under lights for four hours and I went down and watched Roberto Mary so this is a guy that's raced Formula One Formula Two Renault 3.5 DTM cars three laps he was as deep as anybody into turn one and watching a great professional racing car driver do that especially an open wheel one was really cool so i suppose my point is um i like the fact they've got low aero i'd I'd love to see them doing 115s at eastern creek and like flat everywhere but what do we think was that point of view let's talk about it now what lap time are they going to pump out about this I don't reckon they'll be that sub, far. Everyone's sub going two, or fi- sub two. No. Have we got a 58, no. 59 in it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. What do you reckon? They'll, they'll, they'll be faster down Conrod and up the hill than a Jetty three car, but they'll, I reckon they'll be two seconds slower from the cutting to the elbow than a Jetty three car across the top. So I, I would say. So may, maybe similar, threes, like maybe a threes two and two. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool. We're soon going to see, aren't we? Well, um, thank you very much. This just turned into a uh, giant S5000 chat, and the uh, main commentator slash PR PR man has uh, led the charge. Thank you, Richard (laughs) Grail. It'll, it <laughs> it'll get rally. It'll guarantee that the old parked up podcast gets a share on the uh, S5000 socials. At some oh, point you'll be so, able to. Uh, yeah, there there we are. Excellent. Um, I, cre- I created question. that page. If that's uh, any, yeah, that means anything yeah. to anybody. No, not really. <laughs> um, thank you. Your, your question was, what category am I looking forward to? We've just eulogized about S5000 for 10 minutes. So I'll say TCM. Uh, 20 oh, car field. 20, 20 car cars. field. Uh, five drivers in contention for the championship. Johnson yeah, versus Bow versus Hansford um, versus Cameron Tilly in the world's fastest valiant pacer. Uh, it's it's brilliant racing it, from a just a pure entertainment racing product. It's as good as it gets in the sport TCM. So uh, we all know I love S5000, but I'll go, I'll go TCM. It's another one of your categories though. <laughs> Yeah. What's your point? Oh man, I just I think can I, I can I offer my dissertation on Porsche Carrera Cup now? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be the race fan and say this has got something for everyone. When we go there next week, you've got something for the the you know, people that like the GT style racing. You got people that love the older cars, but it still keeps it in the middle for everyone. And yeah. I don't think there's a bad category in there. And I know Super Utes cop a lot of flack. I've called the series since it began. Even with a few more cars, they 
are totally different cars now. They cop way too much flack. I know Luke Cedars works his backside off with all that crew. They just need a chance. A few more drivers in there that can drive the cars, i.e. David Cedars like that. Maybe we need Elliot Barber back there. There's more Royal Harris. Yes. Going crash into people, yeah. Yep, Nathan Pretty's all those back. guys back. And you've got a series yep. again. Yeah. Cool. Okay, oh. well, you've almost mentioned everything. Maybe if I just say Toyota, Gazoo, and Dunlop. And them too. Super yeah, 2 slash 3. And that little category, TCR, uh, their second time racing around Mount Panorama. But it's a good uh, point, though. They're longer races than what we had back at Easter as well. So it's another new challenge for TCR cars to run around there. And we didn't really get the momentum. I'm sure you agree, TD, those races we had back in April. They were fairly oh, well, safety car polluted. And unfortunately, yeah, it's because uh, I was stuck in the gravel in one of the races there. I wasn't up- pointing you out. But- <laughs> That sounded like a stitch up for mine. I think if you, I think uh, if you go down to Hell Corner, I actually forgot. <laughs> if you go down to Hell Corner now, you can still see some Honda artifacts in the sand trap right. somewhere. I think you can still see the gravel that I, I put all over the circuit for about. The three wheel laps. tracks are still up Mountain Straight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. CCR should be should be a bit of a spectacle. Um, and the championships on the line. Chaz Mostert is obviously going for the championship but will he actually race we actually don't know that just yet so we will find out my 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 uh, prediction is he will he'll try and wrap the championship up maybe in the first second race and then he'll switch it off but um he's obviously got a big weekend of supercar action um but you know guys like aaron cameron you know all the guns that we've just spoken about will be there and it's luke king's going for the championship um, you know, it's going to be a big weekend for TCR as well. Like, there's going to be just so many epic battles coming up about The crossover is great too. It's like the old days of seeing different drivers in different categories. And I think we need more of that. Is anyone doing three? Do we know any driver that's doing three I think categories? Moff will be, won't he? No, I Moff don't think he's doing. not doing Trans Am. Oh, he's not. He okay. won't be doing Trans Am. We're both calling three categories. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there you go. It's five. <laughs> Jeez, that escalated quickly. Insurance <laughs> race coming up five categories of the 10 i thought it was going to get easy then i saw the next version of the schedule come out and i went oh why do i agree to that fifth one yeah. now <laughs> money mainly yeah look, it's, it's going to be cool yeah uh, quite, any, supposed to say that if no, there's all the passion the passion if there's money, any two blokes isn't that right rolly if there's any two blokes who can call multiple categories it's definitely you two uh you look really cute there sitting inside that uh that uh, little hotel room uh together uh obviously just sitting on a bed what, what's your plans for this evening this is a, an audio medium, so... Uh... I'm not in the same room. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you so much for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Matt Nolte, it won't be the last time. We'll, we'll drag you back in. And cool. Richard, love to come back. Richard, thank you as always, boys. No, always a pleasure to be thank here, you. boys. Of course, we thank Richard and Matt for joining us on the Parked Up podcast. Tony D, it's Bathurst time. We are getting super excited about Bathurst, but... There was actually some Formula One on the weekend as well. You and I should quickly go through that. Lewis Hamilton has pegged back a couple more points off Max. Only a couple of races to go. It is tightening up. Yeah, I um, watched the race. I stayed up and and watched it because it is getting to that um, point in the championship now where it's very, very exciting. It's so tight. We haven't seen a championship like this for many, many years, Grant. So those two are going help leather at the start at, at the front of the field, but um yeah max got a little penalty and had to start back in 
fifth or sixth or something, he had to recover in the race. So to get back to second um, was a very good result for him. But really, Lewis was never really headed over the weekend. He was the quickest by far. And it, it, it just keeps, you know, twisting and turning. One minute you think Red Bull have got the quicker package. Then the next minute, you know, Mercedes sort of get the upper hand. So it'll be interesting to see. There's only 19 points in it now. So might be even um, less, I think. I think it's less. Is it less? Yeah, okay. So basically, you know, Max can't make a mistake. And uh, obviously, Lewis has got to win everything from now on in, which he's more than capable of doing. Uh, mm. We all know that. 100 and something wins now. So uh, the guy's an absolute beast. Um, but it will be interesting. They've they're, um, got another two weekends, I think, to go. Uh, and then we'll see who is the 2021 Formula One world champion. Who are you putting your money on, mate? Well, I actually already put my money on Max Verstappen at the start of the Ooh. year. Got him at some tasty wow. odds, six bucks. Wow. Six, I got him at six What's bucks. Now? Uh, I'd imagine it would be a lot less. I haven't looked. I'm just looking at my um, trying but to turn. how much you put on him? Did you yeah. put like 30 bucks on him or something? No, no 20. <laughs> see it's yeah I'll, you're not gonna you're not gonna get much out of that it's a couple of slabs and that is about it um yeah but uh, i'm not a uh, not wow, a big gambler not, do, i'm not a big we, gambler no but you are a big drinker so a couple of slabs you beauty <laughs> <laughs> there you go see i had to win out of it somehow yeah so there's only nine points in the uh in the fight for the title so oh, nine yeah <clears throat> yeah that uh, she's getting real, real close. Looking forward to the end of the Formula One world title. Of course, we've got uh, Bathurst to to uh, seal up as well. That's very exciting. Tony, when do you come to the mountain? Uh, I am going to drive to the mountain on Tuesday. So when this pod drops on Tuesday tomorrow. You're going to listen to yourself? I'll probably listen to the pod on the way to Bathurst. I've just got a, a little Porsche uh, drive a training day at Sydney Motorsport Park. Like, where else would you go? The, the boys have just been there for last month, but um, we're going to go back there on Tuesday. And so we launch the new GD3 um, Porsche. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And picked up a couple today. Um, Ooh, Luke Gilden runs that um, runs that program. So, um, yeah, it's, it's basically just a journo day tomorrow. And um, when that finishes in the afternoon, I'll jump in my my transit van from my friends at Western Ford and uh, head on up to Bathurst. You are just a car, <laughs> car user and abuser. And I love it. That is perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Um, yeah. Journo day. And I didn't get an invite. Like, what is this? What is this? I mean, I well, could have done a review on the parked up podcast. I asked them about that and they just said that we don't hold um, enough credibility within <laughs> journalism just yet so <laughs> okay i've yeah. only been i've only been doing the journalistic and media stuff for the last tw for 20 years so if i reckon well, if i give maybe, it another 20 years i have, might have a shot maybe you should start doing it a little bit better and uh, you might get a shot maybe that's the thing okay i'll got it i'll try i'll try it's <laughs> a good point uh tony d cool another uh, podcast done two weeks before the great race all eyes next on... week well it's next, next week, week we're going to do a review we're going to do oh uh, uh, yeah the preview and i've promised and uh and uh we 100 have to get mark fogarty on former oh. auto action editor uh former auto action staffer sorry he's such a grumpy bum oh then that is then that is what we want that is what we want for a bathurst preview we want to know who 
who can and who can't, and there's no one better to to uh, deliver that than Fogues. So let's get uh, let's get him on. We might even call up our old mate AVL as well. I know he runs like uh, seventeen uh, different podcasts. podcasts now. Nah, he's he's out. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he runs he runs a different podcast. I'm not even uh, going to mention the name of it because I don't know it. Um, <laughs> but I know that it is sponsored by Castrol. <laughs> there you go. You, you can't come on this show being sponsored by Castrol when the main one of the main people of this show hosts is sponsored by Shell. This is not happening. Okay. Not happening. Right, well, if so, you can send some of those Shell dollars over to this podcast, then maybe we can put that into some clauses, but well, we'll that, have a lot more chance if we don't have um, someone with Castrol backing on it. Okay, cool. Well, look, let me tell you, the one one people who do help us a lot, it is the race fuels and they are absolutely some of the best and they uh, our our thoughts are with them because they've got a an absolute hectic race meeting coming up here at mount panorama they've also got how Philip- many liters of fuel oh it's going to be billions i'm sure billions billions jesus probably hear them up for a bit more cash <laughs> i don't think it's billions <laughs> i don't think it's billions actually have you seen the price of um fuel at the old servos these days <clears throat> this is a tired old uh, conversation <laughs> I, I don't pay for my own fuel, so I don't look. Oh, slutty da, Tony <laughs> D. Okay, it is damn expensive, I tell you, to buy race fuels 98 Ron, which is the same like it's your BP Ultimate or it's your, uh, um, what's uh, Shell's V-Power. Uh, that, I, like, that, I don't know how much they are because I, I don't put uh, any of that like super expensive juice in, in my uh, Nissans. I just run them on 91. Uh, the the cheap stuff, which is probably eating my engine alive, but the uh, the ninety eight that you buy from race fuels, like at the track mm. at Sydney Motorsport mm. Park, is two dollars twenty. I think it's actually cheaper if you use ninety eight in your car. It's it's actually cheaper now to go to Sydney Motorsport Park and fill up <laughs> rather than going to your local server. That's mental. That is crazy. Mental. How is that possible? Uh, you know why it's possible because the guys at race fuels are legends, and anyone oh, okay. in the sport should definitely use those guys. And with that, all of the plugs are done and we're going to move on to uh, our Bathurst preview next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week. See you, mate. Beauty.